Hi there, and welcome to this edition of Florida's Fourth Estate. If you're listening or watching, this is a strange edition. It is the Zoom edition, in fact. My name is Matt Austin, but don't be fooled by the name on the screen, which says John Ambrose. <laughs> that is actually our morning executive producer. And uh, apparently he was logged into this computer, and I'm worried to change anything. And more importantly... This is the first time doing it, yes. There, we got some bugs to work out, okay? But we're going to try to keep the podcast going today. Of course, I have yeah. the beautiful Ginger Gadsden. Good to see you, Gigi. It doesn't help people to call me beautiful if they're just listening. But anyway, that's awesome. I, I can see you. You look great. You sound good. You've stolen John Ambrose's identity, and I guess we're just going to have to deal with that at a later date and the consequences to come from that. Yeah. This is such a surreal time for us to be doing this, but we feel like it's still so important to communicate and connect with people now more than ever because we're social distancing, but we shouldn't be apart, if that makes any sense. I feel like, you know, we still need to stay in touch with each other without physically touching. Yes, I agree with that. It's a virtual hug. And yeah. uh, so I'm glad that we get this time together. We really wanted to keep the podcast going. And uh, this is a bit of a rougher edition of it, but hey, you know, we're still gonna have some fun. fun. And I have one of my buds along today. I want to introduce you to Chris Crisona. He has been a teacher for uh, 63 years. <laughs> and <laughs> probably feels like it, Chris. What it does. It does. Chris? Now, this is only my 29th year. 29 wow. years. And uh, I know him because he's a teacher at my girls' schools. Um, fortunately for him, he's been able to avoid my daughters. Uh, but I know that he is one of the people who's a teacher because he loves it. Uh, he could be doing a lot of things, and I know it can be a frustrating and a thankless job, but it's something he's very good at. So Chris, thank you for taking time to help us uh, unpack this whole virtual learning situation, which you've been having oh to deal God. with for a few days. Yes, it's uh, been quite, quite an interesting uh, couple of days trying to get the virtual school off the ground. Um, I've been working really hard the last couple of weeks when I found out we were going to go to virtual school, getting my classroom set up and getting materials to my students and all that because um, some of the kids in my school do not have access to computers, so some of them need to receive paper copies of the work that I was giving out. So doing all that and you know i have my own two kids at home i have a girl who's in seventh grade and a boy's in 10th grade and i've been working with them to try to get things started for them and i'm also an adjunct at ucf so i have a class they teach there virtually so it's been it's been interesting it's been very interesting but it's been a learning experience for everybody it's really been yeah. um it's been interesting it's you know it's new and it's different but you know it, it comes down to one thing the kids we need to take care of the kids, whether it's virtually or face-to-face. -face. And I'm trying my best, and all the teachers are, just to make sure that the kids are safe, the kids feel welcome, and that they're, you know, getting their lessons done each day. You know, uh, Chris, first of all, I think I missed what grade you're teaching. Can you remind me again? I what teach level? first grade. First. Oh, okay. First of all, I want to say thank you for being a teacher and being a teacher who cares. And thank you for being a first grade teacher because uh, honestly, you guys are so, and I don't even know if you know how important you are. I hope you do, especially for the little ones, because if we can all go back to when, you know, I was taught in a one room school, how really, but I just remember my first grade teacher, 
uh, Mrs. Norris was her name, and she mm -hmm. changed my life, Chris, because I flunked the first grade. And the way she told me, I flunked because not was not because I was a stupid kid, but because I missed so many days because I was being teased a lot. Mm. But she told me I was going to get a second chance to do better. And her words have stayed with me all of this time because I am a person who believes in second chances. And so thank you for being a first grade teacher and loving our kids the way I know you do. But that being said, it is really a difficult time for kids because I remember how excited I was just to see my teacher, my first grade teacher, and that teacher was the world for me, even though I, I come from a loving home, but it was something special about seeing that teacher, making that connection, not wanting to disappoint her and doing my best. How are you navigating the waters and helping parents still help their kids connect with the lesson plan with the teacher, even though the teacher's not there where they can see them and be with them physically? Well, I've given them every possible communication uh, I could do. I do a lot of Zoom with my kids. I've mm -hmm. been um, communicating with them through that way. And the kids who have not, you know, been on Zoom with me, I've texted their parents. I've given them my cell phone number so they could text mm -hmm. me. They have my email address. I have a Google Classroom set up, and they could contact me that way. They could email me through my um, school email just every possible way that they can communicate with me. I say, if you need to send smoke signals, I'll look out <laughs> the window and see if you're sending me something. But I just, I just want them to feel welcome. I want them to feel safe. And thank you for the nice words. First grade, honestly, this is my first year teaching first grade. The 28 years before this, I've taught anywhere from fourth to eighth grade. And I, I wanted to change. I did, the little kid scared me a lot. Like, if anyone told me, would you teach primary? I'd be like, if you told me I had to teach primary, I'd go to public and say, paper or plastic, please. <laughs> I would not be able to do it, did just too little. But then I just came to a point in my career last year that I just wanted a change. And my principal and I mm -hmm. sat down and talked about it. And I went to first grade. And it's been the best year of my career, no doubt about it. These oh. little kids just, awesome. they love me, I love them. They just wanna please me. They just want to do their work and, you know, make me proud of them, which I totally am. And it just, it's oh. been a great, great year. Yeah. You're taking me back to first grade right now, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is so cool. And uh, one thing that I noticed just today, it's like day three of virtual learning. I was doing math with my uh, middle daughter, Lulu, and uh, I was supremely frustrated. Uh, if I decided today that if I ever become governor, teachers are going to make $400,000 a year. <laughs> Um, and uh, sign sign a petition. <laughs> and so, so can you give some help to parents who are maybe extra frustrated? It's mm -hmm. hard. We don't, you know, we're used to dealing more with adults and helping adults with things. And when we shift over to kids, it can be frustrating. How do right. you have that extra level of angelic patience that you guys have? Um, well, when parents are having problems with, you know, work that they, kids are doing right now, or even when they're in school regularly, the first thing is they should reach the, the teacher. They should call, you know, reach out to the teacher and ask them for extra help. Now that we're doing virtually, I think the teachers are even more um, accessible to 
helping you because they're in front of the computer. Like I've been sitting here in my chair with the computer all day, all these three days, just responding to class dojo messages, emails to Zoom messages, and just, you know, helping them feel um, really, really comfortable and more at ease. Another tip I could give is if a parent has a child who's older than the kid that might be having problems, ask them for help. A lot of times, you know, the older sibling could help the younger sibling because they've already experienced the material that they're learning. Another thing that I tell my parents is YouTube is a really great resource for looking up um, lessons. Like let's say your students have a problem with multiplying fractions. If you go onto Google, I mean onto YouTube and you type in multiplying fractions, you'll get a plethora of videos to show how to multiply fractions. And they, a lot of teachers doing it in a way that's very, very entertaining. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the things that I've been, you know, tell my parents you know, that they're having a little bit of difficulty because like you said, you know how many times I received an email, why can't you teach math the way I used to learn it when I was a kid? What's this common core? What's this type of multiplication? I can't do this. Uh, I need an abacus. <laughs> it's pretty, yeah, that's funny, yeah. It's, it's, it's funny the emails I've received throughout the years of, you know, when we switch from one uh, way of doing things to another way, parents just get so frustrated and, you know, they call up and they yell at me or they send me nasty emails and they know it's not personal. It's just, they're frustrated and I let them vent. I let them, you know, get what's off their chest and then, you know, sit down and try and figure out what the problem is and go from there. See, this is why Matt wants you to make $400,000 a year. I agree. And it's that attitude. You're not trying to, you know, let them have it right back. You listen and you hear their concern because, you know, they don't know what you do. So with that being said, you know, I have so many friends who have the little ones at home and to get ready for all of this, they're setting up a living room area or a little playroom area that looks like like a classroom to give the kids something to kind of look forward to instead of just like, oh, here's your, you know, here's your dinner table, do that. But that seems like a lot of pressure and every parent can't do that. Do you have any suggestions for parents just to get the day started? Like, should they keep it as close to the time, you know, your child would normally go to school? When should they take breaks? When should they have lunch? Should they make their own kind of schedule, which works for their flow? Or do you kind of say, okay, mimic what the school schedule was like. So the kid, eventually they're, we're all, they're going to go back. So mm-hmm. do you want to keep them as close to that as possible? What, what would you say? I think that, you know, using a schedule is really, really good, but not a schedule so much for like school. This is a different type of learning environment and they're at home. So what the parents do, what I do in my home is I let them work for a little while, take a break, go out and go maybe ride a bike or go out, kick a soccer ball or something like that. Come in, have a snack, get back to work, work a little more you know, finish what they're doing, then maybe take a break, go out a little bit more. They need, you know, it's a very, very difficult time for them. Some of the students that I've spoken to have been uh, having a little bit of difficulty with the change because kids, especially younger kids, they like structure. They need that, you know, this has to be done this time, this has to be done this time, this has to be done this time. Um, So I think just 
having a schedule and what you said about having a specific place to work is really, really important because when the parent says, okay, you're going to go to your dining room table and you're going to work on math each day from nine to 10, the kids know that they have to go to the dining room and work on math from nine to 10. Mm-hmm. But in these times, it's, you know, like I said, it's a little more relaxed, I guess you could say, but at the same time, they still need to do what's assigned to them. Chris, a lot of people are worried that their kids, especially in the older grades, most likely, are going to get maybe bad grades, maybe aren't ready for this. Um, do you think that are the school districts and the report cards all going to be the same as we're used to? Do, have you gotten any guidance on what they're going to do about grades? Well, what what I was told was that each um, each grade level has to turn in two grades for each um, subject each week. So I have to have two grades for math for my class, two grades for language arts, two grades for science, two grades for social studies each week. And then we put them into Skyward, which is the program that Orange County uses for grading. So in that aspect, it's not really going to change that much. Um, It's going to be the same as it was in the past. I think that's the one thing that's really been consistent between going from the classroom to going to virtual learning is the grading system. Because when we were in the classroom, it seems like a year ago, but last month, um, we had to have so many grades for each subject and they're still, you know, enforcing that for each teacher. So at the end of this week, when the work that I've given my class is done, I'll have two grades for math, I'll have two grades for language arts, two grades for social studies, two grades for science. So that part, that aspect of the virtual learning hasn't really changed from the classroom. Okay. And uh, well, I just, I mean, I think it's got to be tough for you because like you said, you've got your kids, you've got your job, you've got your other job, all of it running on computer. I'm sure your broadband internet is just burning up like crazy these days. Mm-hmm. Um, is this is this a harder, you feel like this is a harder situation for you? I could see some people maybe saying, well, hey, I don't have to leave the house. I can just, you know, sit in my underwear and do my job all day. Are you, do you think this is a worse situation for you or uh, can you mm-hmm. find some positives? It's it's been different i don't think it's been hard it's just been different it's just been you know a new learning curve for us just you know doing everything online um getting in touch with the parents getting work online making sure that the kids are doing their work like when they're in the classroom i'm there to supervise when they're doing their work and how they're doing their work mm-hmm. this has been a little bit different but it's not really um it's just been different i i enjoy it i like you know being at home with my family and I like, you know, being able to help my son or my daughter if they need help or if my wife needs something to be done, I could go do it. You know, when I'm in the classroom, I'm in the classroom from seven to three. So I don't really have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of yeah. teachers feel the same way that I do. They do miss their kids. We all miss our kids. We had a parade in Wedgefield last week with all the teachers going around in their cars like a caravan, waving to the kids and saying hi yeah. to them. And it was like, I was teary-eyed by the end because <laughs> I miss them so much. Yeah, I, I'm sure we covered that because I remember Matt and I saying that 
it was always so exciting for us when we were younger to see our teachers out in the wild. Like, oh, you go to Publix? Uh. Like, oh my gosh, you're at a restaurant? Like, it was something special to see your, you know, this person who, you know, you hold in such high esteem out just doing regular things. It's funny. When I see some of my students in Publix, they look at me like, ooh. I'm like, yes, I eat. Yes, I I like, you know, I like to drink water. I like milk. I like eggs. I do all the same things you do. It's exactly right. It doesn't matter what age they are. They, they, they think teachers are just, you know, these beings from another planet who just, you know, come down to teach them and we don't do the yeah. same things they do. You live under your desk in the classroom. Exactly. <laughs> I have a, one of the books in my classroom that I have for the kids to read. The title of the book is My Teacher Sleeps in My Classroom. <laughs> and it's a book about a group of kids, they're young kids. I think they're second graders who think their teacher actually sleeps at the school. And they go to the house that they think she lives in and she's not there. And, you know, all these signs of like the teacher leaves her shoes in the closet of the classroom. It's a hysterical book. It's very, very funny. Look, Chris, That's I know true. you're just on a green screen and uh, you're pretending to have this home office here, but uh, I do <laughs> I do want to say thank you. That little cherub up above your shoulder is even cuter now. Because I've seen oh, yeah, Carly. Uh, She's Carly my girl. Wall, and uh, you, you guys have a wonderful family. We appreciate all that you do and all of you teachers. Uh, so thank you so much for taking a little time to guide us. Uh, these novices when it comes to trying to teach our kids because it, it is a bear and uh, we totally appreciate what you guys do. I'm telling you, I'm writing up the website right now, 400 grand a year. Not <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. That's fantastic. Chris, Thank you guys can, for doing what yeah. you do. No, as soon as we can hug again, I'm going to give you a big old hug for, for what you do because I really do. I love teachers. I especially love elementary and first grade teachers are my favorite. Thank you All so right. much. I appreciate Listen. you. Our pleasure. Thank you so much. Uh, this has been another edition of Florida's Fourth Estate. I'm John Ambrone. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm really not. Uh, with Chris Crisona and Ginger Gadsden. Check us out next week for more. Have a good one. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. You guys rock. Great job, Chris. Thanks. Thank oh, you. That was awesome. That Thank was you. Awesome. That was really nice. I really, I really appreciate you. I really enjoyed that. that.